Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to finding purpose and pursuing passion. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. guys i'm so excited today to have with me mr jason phyllis hey friend hey hey so welcome to the podcast um jason is a licensed therapist and life coach and you guys know already we met on instagram um so i'm so excited to have him on today and we're just gonna talk about all the things so can you just introduce yourself to the people yeah so hey everybody uh first thank you martina for having me on the show yes excited uh, a little bit about me. I am a licensed mental health therapist and life coach. And so what I do, is I specialize in helping people with anxiety, trauma, and definitely confidence and self-esteem. Mm. So look, we're just going to jump right in. No yep. chaser. I love, no, I I really love your brand and your 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 messaging and I really want to know why this space like why therapy why self-confidence why the things that you're focusing on like what were you like as a kid like give us the backstory (laughs) tell us all the things oh okay let's get deep I mean as a kid I was pretty reserved I was pretty Mm -hmm. low-key um you know I was still social like I like to have fun but I wasn't and I'm still not really outspoken I mean I speak up when I need to but Mm -hmm. I felt like having like from a kid to my adult life, learning to have self-confidence, learning to manage anxiety, you know, dealing with trauma and all those things were really, really important to me. And that's why I pursued the career as a therapist and as a life coach. I've always been big on personal and professional development since I can remember. So that's why I, I love helping people get clear on their goals. I love helping people gain confidence and stay consistent. So you said it was important to you, but why? Like, was there something in your life that triggered that like desire or did you ever feel like you lacked confidence or were there people around you that lacked confidence that you felt like you could help? Um, I think both. So I would say I lacked confidence, particularly like in high school, in mm-hmm. high school, early high school, I was, you know, just hanging out with people and really, I think it was a really growing period for me where I was trying to find out who I was and mm-hmm. what I was about. I mean, we all been to high school and yeah, that that was a, a really um, it was a fun time. Like I had the most amazing time, but I really learned then like confidence has to come from within. It can't come from without like external. Like you can't tell me how to be confident. I mean, you can show me, but I have to instill that in myself. So for me, learning to be comfortable with who I am and where I come from, I just found so much peace within myself, like being able to um, just show up if I didn't have, I remember like my parents, you know, I was raised by a single mother. I had grandparents in my life too, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of money. So I was working myself to like, you know, buy clothes and pay yeah. for what I want to do. And once I learned that, okay, Jason, like you go, you make your money, you spend it how you want to, but that still doesn't make you who you are. Like it still yeah. has to be more than the the material things. Mm-hmm. And 
as I found that that's, you know, just being me was, was, that was dope in itself. <laughs> My, you know, anxiety that I had before and like nervousness, it kind of just went out, went out the window because I would just show up and be, to just be me. And I, I saw that people liked that. I loved it. And when I was like, okay, if other people, if this is happening for me, I'm noticing where other people are not showing up. Mm. They're, they're struggling with like, maybe like uh, how they look, how they talk, different medical conditions that people have, mm. yeah. financial states. So I've always been like that person where people come to and we would kind of talk and have open conversation. And people knew I wasn't going to put their business out there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, I, that I think that's so important, like being trustworthy, um, because a lot of times I think that's why people don't open up. I feel like they think automatically like you're going to judge them and you're going to like look down on them for the issues that they're having. So why do you think people felt so comfortable talking to you? Like, was it just something about your personality or like? Well, I think one people kind of. I was, you know, because I didn't have like a huge circle, like mm-hmm. I wasn't running with the crowd where we were gossiping and spreading yeah. about people. So if people did have a conversation with me, most likely I think I made them feel like, okay, it's going to stay here. I'm not going to yeah. run back and tell everybody. Um, so that was key. And then on top of that, I would say I, I think it is my personality a little bit too. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of being able to vibe and kick it and people open up when they feel comfortable and they trust you. Yeah. So when you say that you were able to kind of see when people weren't showing up as their self or like being fully like, you know, being real with themselves, how do you, how did you learn to recognize those things in in Um, other people? It it may be as simple as, okay, we're going to a party, right? Mm -hmm. And now you don't want to go to the party because you don't have the latest sneakers or you don't have a new outfit or, you, you know, you're not comfortable with, uh, you know, your weight or your hair. So none of that stuff at the end of the day matters. If you can make it to the party physically, I still want you to go, you know, we're friends. So let's, let's do it. And, but I did, I can't say, <clears throat> I have to say I had some people around me who really pushed me and we, we did make sure that we were confident ourselves and like, <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies. Okay. In check. We would keep each other in check. And when I was lacking in a certain area or my boy, when he was lacking, we would kind of get right to it. Like, man, why are you, why are you not believing in yourself? Why are you putting yourself down? If, if you're not happy because you, you scrawny, you skinny, let's let's work out let's run let's do something to um you know build yourself up yeah no excuses i can say that no excuses and i've always had that never quit attitude Mm. so what's been the most important thing for you to maintain in your mental health Uh, for me for me to maintain my physical my mental health i always had to maintain my physical health Mm. Yeah, I, I think the two go hand in hand. So having some type of routine, whether that's going to the gym, of course, the gyms are closed now. So I'm yeah. not at home. I know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing, I've never done a, like kickboxing and um, I'm working out in the garage. I'm walking like crazy. Yeah. So all of those things correlate to 
me having mental peace. Mm-hmm. So I can process things. And if I got some, some things I'm worried about as I'm walking or as I'm running or doing push-ups, sit-ups, ideas come and um, <clears throat> I just get really clear on, on my thoughts. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So for you, like, just like looking back at your your high school years, because it sounds like that's when you got the most clarity, which is crazy because at that age, don't nobody know themselves <laughs> at all. Yeah. Nobody knows themselves at that age. So I guess I'm still trying to figure out where or why you oh, you just seem like you've always had a very sure sense of yourself in terms of being in the right direction of like who you are, your confidence, you know, managing your anxiety. It's like you're saying things that 17 year olds were not thinking about. Well, I mean, because so one, like I was big. Well, I'm from Detroit mm-hmm. in Detroit. The, the, the popular dance still is. And definitely when I was in high school was the jit. The what? It's called the jit. Oh, see, look, so, I'm, I'm, I don't know nothing about that, brother. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you, you know, when you anytime you any form of dance, you have to be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to dance, and that was something that you know was fun, especially in high school. So you can't show up and like actually have fun if you're nervous at the same time. Yeah, so you, I had to be forced to relax and be myself and let the the energy take over and all of that or else it was going to show up in yeah the in the dance in the dance so people would say look man you need to relax you need to open mm-hmm. up be yourself people are telling me what i need to do and of course after a while like i had to pay attention to it yeah i had to just okay man just get out there like just do it that, and, that, see, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. Over time, you know, as, as you continuously do the same things over and over, most times, if you're intentional about it, you, we will be comfortable because I wasn't going to stop dancing. Just like, you know, being a therapist and I, a, a coach, and I go live on Instagram. The first couple of times, yeah, I was super nervous, but yeah. I'm not going to stop it just because I'm nervous. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. See that and that and I feel like that level of like vulnerability and like you said, like putting yourself out there, it forces you to just let go of everything and just just put it out there. And even like and this is something I'm still struggling with mm-hmm. is like being, quote unquote, somebody who's like not an influencer, but who influences others in the like online space. It does really require you to like just just bear your soul. Right. Like people will recognize if you're not being authentic, if you're not being real, like if you're just trying to pitch to them all the time. So for you, like, I mean, let's, let's be real. So for you now, you know, going into this line of work that you're doing and now doing it virtually, I see that you do offer that online. Like what's that been like for you in terms of just like, you know, still being able to help people, but not always being able to have that like connection that we're used to in the, you know, face to face, what kind of way? So, really, uh, Martina, to be honest, the going to it virtually for me, I've always started my coaching practice online. Mm. So it wasn't a shift, but I do tell people because there are some people are still when they call and like, okay, when do we meet? Or if they're local, they automatically assume that we're going to sit down in the office. Yeah, and I have to explain to them that I'm the same person, whether I'm sitting next to you, three feet away. Or if we're three states away. 
Yeah. So the rapport is going to it's going to take a little time, but it builds pretty swiftly. Like even us now, like what city or state are you in? I'm in Atlanta. Okay, that's right. So you're in Georgia. I'm in North Carolina. But the conversation is still flowing. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I think for people who are considering therapy in that way, like that, this might also be a less intimidating way to go into the into that, I guess, a practice or treatment. And that wasn't my goal. It was just to make it more accessible because yeah. you know, working with people all over the country and even outside of the country, some people. So it's just accessible and, and it's convenient yeah. too. No traffic. <laughs> and we can talk from the company all along. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, that's real. That, that, that could be a source of anxiety for real. <laughs> So let's talk about anxiety. So that's one of your specialties, right? So especially during this time of COVID-19, where I feel like in the last few weeks, I've never had this amount of anxiety before. Um, And sometimes it's frustrating because it's like, how do you manage all of these like pent up feelings when you can't? I can't. Your mic went out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, like my regular routine has went has been like disrupted completely. So what's your advice for people who are trying to manage their anxiety now? Uh, One, just what you said. First, have have good awareness over like, okay, what's happening? Am I feeling anxious? Am I more depressed? Am I isolating myself? I mean, social distancing and social isolation is two different things. Mm-hmm. It's two completely different. So one, I think that we when we acknowledge that we are anxious and accept it, like I think everybody is experiencing some type of anxiety right now. Yeah. I mean, our sleep schedules off. Uh, our eating patterns probably are off. I know for me, my workout routine is off. So things are off and we're trying to we got to adjust. Right. Yeah. So um, the question you said, how do you manage it? Yeah. So one, accept it, acknowledge it. And then what is the action plan? So what does that look like for you? Because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. What do you really enjoy doing? And how can if you can't do that because of social distancing, how can you simulate it in your own home or your community? So for me, I'll just say personally, I manage my anxiety by working out. Uh, I manage my anxiety by uh, what else do I do? I work out, I work. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty busy with that stuff right now. Yeah. But the fun things that I like to do would be, you know, watching comedy at times. All of those things, I'm just trying to have awareness and, and put it on the schedule. So, like, you know, this evening, I'm going to take a walk, get some good food, relax. I think if you have it on the schedule, because some of us just wake up. And the day just attacks us. We don't know yeah. what's going on. We we texting people back. We trying to call people, um, make a to do list. But then you end up you look up. It's like nine ten o'clock, and you may not even have accomplished half of what you wanted, let alone one thing. Mm. So you know, being intentional. Oh, I don't I don't even know where to start with that one because <laughs> I know me like no, I'm the person who will make a list of like fifty things and be like, I'm gonna get all of this done today. Mm-hmm. So for for people like me who, well, first of all, how would you describe somebody like me? Like, is there a name for the kind of person that I am? <laughs> I mean, if you put 50, <laughs> you just put 50, 50 things on the list, uh, I would probably pick the top two or three that you for sure want to get done. Mm-hmm. 
like, and then go from there. I personally, I don't make long to do lists. I just don't. Okay, why? I think I'm like the most. I would say I'm organized, but I'm unorganized. Yeah. So I have an assistant that helps me keep organized. Uh, my wife, she helps with the organization. Mm-hmm. I, I make sure that I show up for my clients and interviews and um, things that I have to do. But I don't. The things that are really important, I feel like I, I make sure I get them done. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Like, so you know, just just I, making sure that you're clear on what's the most important thing to you. Yeah, because everything is not that important. For me. Oh, Jesus. Don't tell me that. Everything, everything on my list is important. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so for you, like, how do you make sure that you're showing up and how do you help your clients make sure that they're showing up for themselves, for their family in, in every like aspect of their life? Um, for me personally, I have some people who keep me accountable. Okay. Like we have similar interests, similar values. So um, I surround myself with other entrepreneurs, other people who have similar fitness goals, similar professional goals. So I have conversations with them about, you know, what are you doing? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. If we need to put a date on something. We, we schedule that. Uh, like, for instance, right now, I'm about to launch a YouTube channel. OK, fun. Uh, a couple of, you know, and once I said that, because a friend of mine, he's like, look, man, when is it happening? So. I can't keep putting it off. If I'm if I say I'm going to do it, I, I have to do it. So then I put a date to it. And of course, when we have conversations, it's like, OK, where is it at? How do I subscribe? Mm. So my point is, I have people around me who are really in, you know, have the same type of or similar visions. Yeah. So it's not like I'm talking about apples. He's talking about grapefruit. Yeah. We're both, you know, talking about oranges and we're talking about how can we get more oranges. Okay. So when I have those type of conversations and with those type of people, it's easy to stay on track and, and stay focused. Mm. And it sounds like you've kind of had that consistently throughout your life, being surrounded by people who are on the same path. Can you talk about why that's important? Um, because what you think about, you bring about and who's around you can influence all of that. So our environment, if we're not if we're not um, careful, we'll spend a lot of time with people who may be good people, great people, but yeah. they're just not the best people for us at that point of time. Mm-hmm. So being able to be friends with people, but not necessarily spend tons of hours with them if we're not on the same path and being intentional about that and having awareness that, okay, let me not spend four hours on the phone with him or her. Yeah. That's not helping me get where I want to go. But let me set up a meeting with my boy who's doing this or, you know, people like Marquise who connected us. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, so it just helps. I think I'm I'm interested now just like hearing about your tribe, because it sounds like you got a tribe of friends who like keep you accountable. Yeah. So yeah. in a day to day, like just give me what's a conversation that y'all always have in your circle? <laughs> okay oh man I mean I'll just say like just last night a friend of mine he's like man because I hadn't talked to him in a minute because things have been you know kind of busy so he's like all right what's going on where's the channel at what's the next move I want to invest so in you so what what are you doing yeah and then we talk about okay what's going on in in our other fields if you know we have other jobs if we don't how are we managing that what's the next step 
you know, he's telling me about some moves he wants to make and some things I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, then we talked about, we reflected because a lot of my friends are from Detroit and some of us still live there. Some of us don't. Yeah. We talked about why we made the decision to move. If we're moving back, um, we talked about the market, what we want to invest in and what's the next steps on, on you know, just on growth. Yeah, I'm asking specifically because, you know, thinking about your role like as a therapist and just in terms of like having a circle of friends, like how do you make sure that you're actually showing up for your friends, like checking in? Because I know sometimes like relationships can hit a plateau where everything kind of just becomes mundane. You know, we kind of just like, you know, chopping it up about the, about the weather, but we're not really talking about the weather. Like, there's other things underlining. So it, it kind of goes back to my other question that I asked about, like, you know, how were you able to kind of discern when people weren't being themselves. So like, how do you in a friend group, you know, make sure that you guys are checking in on each other for real, especially in this time where I feel like I just saw a post on Instagram where it was like, you know, check your circle. If these people, if in the next three months, like if somebody hasn't called you or checked on you, they're not your friend. So like, you know, just that idea. People who are, you know, close to me, I've had the same close circle of friends for, you know, 20 years probably. So yeah. Uh, I mean, people have come in and, and some have come out, but we are always chatting with, with each other, um, you know, of course, through uh, text message. Then we call each other. So we we talk all the time in the middle yeah. of getting stuff done. So nothing ever, ever stopped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I you, guess what I'm trying to see is like, are you in terms of just like, being aware of your friend's mental health, just like, cause I know that I've been in groups of friends before, and maybe this is just like a, mm-hmm. a mark on me. Like maybe I wasn't, you know, being aware where they were dealing with depression or anxiety or, you know, something really serious. And I just, I'd never picked up on it. Mm, so what okay. are ways for you to like identify those things within your friend group, especially during this time where, you know, you're not you don't have that same amount of closeness that you probably used to. So, like, how do we, you know, make sure that we're taking care of each other? Uh, I say for me, we I still have conversations on the phone. Um, I don't really do that much FaceTime, but like <laughs> on the phone where we asking each other, man, how's how's it going? How's the kids going? How's the the job? Like, you know, even before the the corona, if friends, if they were uh, kind of doing layoffs, I'm like, man, how you handling? Yeah. And I think my friends, this, I think they don't always. <clears throat> we we talk and check in with each other, but they also probably have their own coaches or their own therapists too. Yeah, I think that they're careful. This is what I think they're careful of not trying to come to me as their therapist yeah so we we still talk about other stuff but we check in too if that yeah that makes that sense. sense that makes sense so I guess uh, let me ask this question as a therapist do you feel like you could never be a therapist for one of your friends like is that like a no-no like don't do it yeah I, I even made a video about that I wouldn't be a, a therapist for any of your friends because then if they call me if it, am I the therapist or am I the friend? Yeah. That, which wh- who am I calling? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. So 
for somebody now who's trying to get into like who wants to establish a relationship with a therapist like first question how do you know that you need to see a therapist Mm. Um, I i would look at how are you how are you functioning is there any area of your life that you feel stuck in whether that's like the basics sleep are you getting enough sleep are you getting enough uh nutrition are you overeating are you under eating mm-hmm. uh, what else would i say i look at are you isolating yourself like you know not not answering text messages not answering phone calls um declining events so like even when we could go out are you like yeah probably next time yeah <laughs> Okay, that makes that's sense. one thing. If you're not functioning, and then if you're not flourishing, is another thing. So like if you you've been at your job for five years and you know you want to make a move, but you're stuck, you're scared mm-hmm. to do it. That's mm-hmm. something that I would check in about. If you keep talking about I want to start a podcast, like what you're doing, but they never do it. Yeah, you might want to talk to a life coach. Mm. So do you feel like those are? mental blockages that keep people from doing those things? Yeah, definitely. They they can be mental. Sometimes it's emotional behind it too because mm-hmm. our, our thoughts and our feelings kind of go like this. You don't have yeah. one without the other. And when we get stuck or paralyzed with anxiety, fear, uh, embarrassment, trauma, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. we feel guilty about something that we that we did do or we feel guilty about a relationship we stayed in for too long. Yeah. All of those things can like, when you're dealing with one of those, maybe you can handle that. But then you put two, three, four of those on a list. Yeah. Now, when you wake up, you're already feeling like weight on your shoulder. You don't know whether you're coming or going. And that can be really overwhelming for somebody. Yeah. Do you find that people take a long time to admit that they need to speak to somebody about their like traumas and the things that they've dealt with that are keeping them stuck? Uh, I think different people handle it differently. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think this is where it boils down to a person by person. If you're a type of person who really wants to thrive and hold yourself accountable and really take care of yourself, then you may be more open to talking about your problems. Mm-hmm. Or some of us who feel like we can be so self-sufficient that we got this, we, we kind of push through and it's not until we're at our breaking point. And that's usually when when you really need to get in to see a therapist. Because now you mm-hmm. you're not doing the preventative things. You're in like uh, crisis mode. Mm. So how can you recognize like even people around you, and even within yourself? Like kind of go a little bit further with that. Like how do you recognize that you're in crisis? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I would say again, it goes back to functioning. Yeah, if you find that you you you're making a to do list, but you're not getting any of it done. Yeah, you're you're finding yourself irritable, snapping on people, you're mm-hmm. angry. You're just not yourself. Those would be some telltale signs that okay, I need to talk to somebody. Mm. I need yeah. to really make that appointment because what you don't want, I, I like to say it just like you take care of your. Your dental hygiene. We go to the dentist a couple times a year for cleanings, checkups, and that, all of that. When you don't go to the dentist, you end up with cavities, root canals, teeth out. You know, that's because you've neglected your dental health for so long. Yeah. The same thing happens with our mental health. If you neglect it for that long, 
to now you are, you know, having thoughts of hurting yourself. You don't want to go to work. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to talk to anybody. You're scared all the time. You, you're having nightmares. This is not something that happens overnight. This is usually a buildup of not taking care of yourself and checking in. Mm. So what are some good practices to check in with yourself? Uh, one, have some type of normalcy, some type of routine where you are, again, I'm, I'm big on like physical activity, but you can start with journaling. You can start with having a, a friend or two that you actually do talk about yeah. um, this stuff. Talk Because if you don't have anybody who you can really trust, and some of us don't, like a lot of us still don't have people for whatever reason we feel like we can confide in. Mm. And that's okay. Like everybody doesn't have that person, but we all do have the same resources Yeah. to Google and, and find somebody, especially online is, is, is popular right now. So make those connections. That's what I would do. Make yeah. the because just like you and I having this conversation, you know, once it's on the schedule, it holds me accountable to show up and be here. Yeah. If you don't have anything on the, on your schedule. Then there's no reason to check to. in. Yeah. Nothing to look forward to. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And I think too, like just the accountability piece, I think it forces you at least if you're a regular caring person, you know, if you know, if you have something on there, and you know, you don't check in for them, then you got, that's another layer, layer of like guilt or shame or like, oh my bad, that you got to yep. carry around. <laughs> so yep. now that you've decided, okay, I need, I need somebody to talk to. What's the best way to make sure you find the right fit in terms of a therapist? Uh, I always say referrals are good. If somebody, you know, can refer you, that's mm-hmm. the best. Um, also online searches so there's a lot of different directories there's therapyforblackgirls.com there's psychologytoday.com and I'll send you these too okay therapy.com or .org and what I'm giving out these directories because then you can go on there and interview or like search do you want a male female okay in your area what specialties do they have but you, then you just got to pick up the phone and have a quick conversation with them. You, you know, we can be interviewed as well, because just like when you go to the doctor, maybe you don't like the way that doctor, um, you know, assesses you and mm-hmm. follow up style. you're like, OK, I'm going to try somebody else. Yeah. Same, same thing with therapists. OK, that makes sense. And in terms of affordability, like for, for regular people who work a regular job, is mm-hmm. getting therapy something that's like because you talked about accessibility. Is that something that most people can afford? I think a lot of people can if they have health insurance. Now, some people, if you don't, there's other avenues you have to take. Mm-hmm. But we have to get really familiar with our our insurance benefits. Mm hmm. Um, and then there's other uh, therapists and coaches who offer different plans for, you know, different levels. So like sliding scale fees based on your income. Mm. That's another one. Also, as much as one on one support is good. Group support is it's wonderful. I'm a huge advocate for for groups. OK, that because again, you have another layer of, of support system. And people sometimes people are like I don't want to go to a group. If, if you're in that group, other people are in that group with you. Yeah. So right right then and there, you're not alone. Yeah, and again, it adds that layer of accountability that we all need. We yes, we we all do. 
So let's talk a little bit about happiness. Um, mm-hmm. I scrolled through your page and I see that you talk about that a lot. Um, why is happiness so important to you? Um, because I think without happiness, life can suck. If I put it bluntly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, like you can have money, you can have family, you can have friends, but you can have all of those things and still at the end of the day, not really be happy. Yeah. So how do you, you, how do you define happiness first of all? Uh I think it's it's a it's a state that we, we we're striving towards. It's not mm-hmm. something that you you wake up every day and you're like, oh yeah, life is great. But we do things that can put us in that state or keep us there. Yeah. So making sure I, I would define it by doing things that you enjoy, doing things that, that you love and spending time with people and in activities that really resonate with you. Mm. I think we're not happy when we are constantly forced to do stuff that we really don't like. Maybe it pays the bills or maybe this person is a family member or I've been in this relationship for so long. I feel like I put so much time in, but it's really at the end of the day, it's not something that we like. And I think right now during this quarantine time, we're figuring out, okay, well, this don't really make me as happy as I thought it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's real. I'm sure you love doing your podcast. Yeah, I do. I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. I love figuring out their why. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the curiosity. I'm curious by nature. So I, I really love to hear, you know, and share with people because I think we can learn a lot from each other's experiences and it will help us to grow as individuals and as a collective and as a human race, like how learning how to treat each other and, you know, your expertise coupled with my experience can lead somebody else to their new purpose. You know what I mean? Yep. So um, I, I think I agree for sure in terms of looking at happiness as a state of mind. Um, but as something else that you talk about a lot on your page is your mindset. So how can you make sure that your mindset is putting you in a position to be happy? Yeah, you, you have to check in on where, that, where your mindset is at. Like, are you in a, a negative mindset, a positive mindset? Are you in a, a stuck place where you, you really, you're beating yourself up? Um, and the way you do that is check in and see, like, am I accomplishing things that I want to do, that I'm saying that I want to do? Yeah. Or is it is it just fluff and it sounds good? Mm. <laughs> so, we do a lot of stuff that sounds, we say a lot of stuff that sounds good, but we don't follow through. Mm-hmm. And that messes up our mindset because then, we don't trust ourselves because the stuff that we've been saying, we're not we doing it. We're not doing it. We're just saying it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of in a place where, and and maybe you can help me figure it out. Where I'm saying I'm not saying a lot of things. I'm doing a lot of things. But like, when you l- let me say it like this: when you overwhelm yourself or you have too many things, again going back to my list of fifty. When you put too many things on your list to do, it overwhelms you and you become unproductive, right? So for people like me who like to overload themselves, because I I can admit that, um, what's the best way for you to train your mindset? And this is in a general sense, train Mm -hmm. your mindset to make sure that you are going to be productive 
and happy at the same time. Because I think for me, like there's there's points in my, my life where I'm being really, really productive, but I'm not happy because I'm just doing too much. So how do you learn to find the balance? Like what's a good strategy for taking on, you know, productivity, effectiveness, but still maintaining a good mindset and happiness? So I will simplify it and say it starts with being super, super clear on what you want, yeah. why you want it. So for instance, like, you know, me doing this podcast with you is something that I enjoy. I, I, I have a, a goal to do X amount of podcasts, X amount of uh, engagement with folks. And, you know, it's just an extension of my services. So I enjoy that. So for me, being clear on what I want helps me to measure, okay, am I overwhelmed? Or, or am I am I not? Because if I'm doing something yeah. that I like, it's cool. And also ask for help. Yeah, Just that makes sense. Yeah. So when do you know that you need to start asking for help? Oh, when when too many things are on the schedule. <laughs> I'm like, okay, hold on. Uh, what, which, what, what's going on next? Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that wherewithal and being honest enough to say, look, I need some help. I, I need can you do this or can I, or saying no, like sometimes we don't have people to help us. So we have to say no to things. And I think that's challenging for, for some of us, you know, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Cause you feel like you're going to miss out on something or something's going to pass you by if you don't say yes to every single thing. So how do you measure? I guess it goes back to like, you know, being clear on your why or your, the reason, but how do you know when it's time to say no? Um, when it's starting to mess with your mood, when you can't, like, again, mm-hmm. if you have that list of 50 things and you, you barely getting two of them done. Yeah. Okay. Let me say no to about 20 or 30 of these items. And let me focus in on three. After that, I'll go to the next three. After that, I'll go to the next thing. You know, you've gotten 15 things done, but these yeah. are important ones because again, on that list of 50, it's an order. Not yeah. all of them. If everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority. Yeah, that makes sense. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I hope y'all are listening and taking notes because this yeah, man changed life. Comments, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say, just in in general, and going back to the mindset thing, how do you feel like your environment plays a role? In because again, going back to that circle of friends that you have, that tribe, even your upbringing, how does that play a role in your mindset? And if you have a mindset that's been like not warped, but like not a good mindset, just putting it plainly, like how do you now unravel that? And I guess through ter- therapy, but like just re- changing your mindset as after learning it so poorly for a long time. If that makes sense. I know that was a long way to ask that question. <laughs> no, I mean, I think uh, the environment you said, one, how does that play a role? It plays a huge, huge role in what we do, because, again, if we're surrounded by people and things that are not in, aligned with what we value in our vision, mm-hmm. you're going to be constantly fighting. OK, I don't want to see this. Or I don't want to be involved with that because I'm focused on this. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, even like... <laughs> Like on a very basic standpoint, you know, when people go to jail or prison, usually they're like reading, they're getting real swole. Yeah. But but these they could have done that when they were outside too, right? Mm-hmm. But because everybody around them is doing it, 
and it's probably something that helps them, they do it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Monkey see, monkey do <laughs> in exactly. a lot of ways. Um, okay, so... Let, and and that was a really good segue, by the way. <laughs> I wanted to ask you next, and oh God, this is going to sound kind of stereotypical, but as a Black man living in America and you're serving people's mental health, what is something that you've seen in the Black community that troubles you about the way we handle mental health? Mm, I think we just ignore it too long. We ignore it. That's the, the biggest thing. We just... We put it off. We try to be so strong and other people are getting the help at much higher rates than we are. I mean, Mm -hmm. I saw that fresh out of grad school where a lot of my clients were not black and people I still see, you know, and people today feel like um, they don't need the help or they can do it. or Man, somebody's going to tell me I'm crazy or somebody's going to, you know, like I think people have all these myths these myths or uh, misconceptions about what therapy is and how it can yeah. help or help. So that's the biggest thing. Mm. We so try to be our own. We, Go ahead. <laughs> I love the way you say, we trying to be strong. So why do you think that we feel like we need to be strong? I mean, I think it's deep because we've overcome so many things Yeah. without therapy. Mm. Or the therapy was done, but not in a traditional form. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to give us credit that there's a lot of stuff that we can handle. And I'm not saying that we can't continue handling it. My thing is, because we we have been so strong, um, it's worked in so many areas. But my thing is, if we can get the help and and get to someplace quicker, why not? Why not do the help? Mm. So how do you feel like we should change the narrative when we talk about mental health, especially in the black community? I think because I've been doing a lot of research, especially in the Generation Z, because my this podcast is for mainly millennials. But I've been in terms of mental health, the generation after me, they're the ones that are really, really struggling. And I think a lot of it has to do with and got no degree in terms of, you know, psychology or anything, but just the social world that we're living in and the constant messaging that we are, you know, just constantly being marketed to and constantly being told like, you know, you need this to do that or you need to have this to be this person. How do you think that that is playing a role in the way we see ourselves, one, and two, deal with our mental health? Well, I'm seeing the younger generation have lower self-esteem. Mm. Because they they hide behind the the phones and the the iPad, yeah. they're you know on the screen. So as as great as it is to you know do virtual sessions and have online yeah. platforms, when things are safe, it's it's still good to have that face to face interaction. Mm. And still, I mean, we're still humans, and that social connection is is important. And I think that because like they just don't have that, they don't value it. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard people have told me they feel disrespected when somebody calls them before texting them. Wait, what? <laughs> they feel. <laughs> oh my god! So they they are really far removed from just picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. It's like message this or you know DM this. Yeah. Text. But the actual seriously like picking up the phone, mm. they don't they don't really like that. I don't know. Like I mean, as a parent. I, that really concerns me 
because it's just like you are and now with this whole social distancing it just it's kind of like reinforcing that the digital world that they're living in so for you like I mean we're never really going to go back to normal after this but how do we unteach or reteach this generation the next generation you know how to be more engaged, more connected to the people around them in their physical world, not the digital one. Yeah, I think we just have to really go back to our core, core values, you know, teaching the kids what those are for us. Yeah. Asking them what do they value? Mm-hmm. And then when you have those type of discussions, let that segue into how do we implement this in real life? So if you yeah. value family, friendship, how do you do that in real life, not just the digital world? Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So for you, what do you see How or where do you see yourself going in terms of your career in the next 10 years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I see myself just continuing to grow, provide services for people, probably add a few more people on my team and I don't know. I hopefully have I'll do my own podcast too or of some sort. Yeah, I could yeah. I can totally see that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, my last question, what do you think is I want to say this properly. Mm-hmm. What do you think your purpose is? My purpose is really is in my uh I don't want to say mission statement, but it's in the business name, Peace and Prosperity Coaching. Mm-hmm. My purpose is to help people achieve that level of peace internally and externally. Yeah. And also be prosperous in their personal and professional lives. Okay. And when I say prosperous, prosperity, not just in a financial sense, but being, you know, having that sense of, of wealth and prosperity in different areas. Okay. And so and I like that you say that not measuring prosperity just by the things that you have. So for you, what is a good way for to help people like I guess create spaces in their mind for how they measure their prosperity? Uh I would say really if you don't have that support and and you don't have that uh, accountability partner get it because mm. we'll stay stuck in our heads and we'll be trying to figure out some of this stuff like what may take me one year to do maybe I could have done it one week or one month yeah. if I had that you know th- those other conversations that's what I think yeah people, that's why I really that's why I started the group program too because I want to help people reach their goals quicker faster and better mm-hmm. and if you you know not if you can't do one-on-one if you if you do the group you know, listen to podcasts like yours, you know, my lives when I do that. But I think that we get in our own head so much. Yeah. We just spin in circles and nothing gets accomplished. Yeah. That I, that's that's an important point because I know for me I was there for a long time. Versus like you get so caught up in wanting to do all these things and 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 not really having a roadmap. And then on top of that, not having anybody to share it with. And it wasn't until, you know, I got married and I was in a relationship and with a partner who now was trying to help me to do those things that it things started to clarify. So for you, how do you help people who are stuck in their head and need to get out of their head and be more open to 
sharing their ideas and just getting things out there? Uh, one, I, with the rapport, so making sure that they can trust me mm-hmm. and know that their ideas and thoughts are safe with me. And then two, giving them that roadmap so that they know exactly where they're going because they could be going somewhere fast, but it's just the wrong yeah, way. The wrong way. Well, thank you so much. You've been so, so, so insightful. And before we go, we're going to play a little game. Okay. Uh, so it's just rapid fire questions. Um, it, there's a quiz in Oprah's magazine that I love that she publishes it all the time. And so we're going to do that today. And so basically I'm going to ask you a few questions and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't okay. think too much about it. Just answer. Um, right. And actually, I asked you the first question already, um, but we'll do it again. So what's the most important thing for your mental health? Physical health. Uh, what do you think about on long drives or flights? Mm. What what songs am I going to listen to? <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Who's your hero? Ooh, Malcolm X. Oh, that's a good one. All <laughs> right. <laughs> what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, uh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> really? <laughs> I feel like that's a necessity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the physical, what's the one physical challenge that scares you the most? Oh, running a marathon. Oh, really? Yeah. I would I think that that's like something you do all the time, given your like physical aptitude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. Two more. If you could send a note to yourself in 2030, what would it say? Oh, man. Keep going. Mm, that's good. Uh, who or what is your favorite place on Earth? Mm, Miami. Yeah. Really? You said the first thing to come. I know, but that's so basic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Actually, I'm going to ask you two more. What place or adventures are still on your bucket list? Africa. Oh, yeah. Where in Africa would you want to go? Oh, Egypt. Egypt? Yeah, that's a good one. All right, last one. Fill in this blank. Blank is underrated. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's a tough one. Sex. That's a perfect way to end this segment. <laughs> I had to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Well, thank you again so, so, so much. Where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook and Instagram at jphillipsmsw. And my website is pmpcoach.com. Very cool. Y'all, I hope you get in contact with him, ask him questions. Um, He's a wealth of resources that we need to take advantage of. And thank y'all for listening. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation in bloom. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week.